Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 50th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into is the UFC uh, with UFC 207 that happened last week. Uh, pretty good card. Uh, before we get into Rousey and her loss, uh, we're about to talk about Cody versus Dom, man. Uh, that was a pretty good fight, uh, Darnell. What, was, what did you think about that fight? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise. Like, everybody thought uh, Dominic Cruz would be the the riddle that would have to be solved in that fight by Cody Garbrandt, but he was the, like, I, I can't even say he was the aggressor, but uh, for as good as Dominic Cruz usually is at getting in people's heads, it, yeah. was, it was Cody uh, that was kind of clowning him and making... Crew's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of doing some Roy Jones antics in the ring. In the or, or Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah, too, type, yeah. I would say, yeah. Putting his hands down and doing push-ups in the middle of a fight. <laughs> it's like, I mean, he, he came in with supreme confidence, and it really threw Cruz off. And and this is the first fighter I've ever seen that really just kind of had had Cruz's timing. Yeah. Whenever, whenever he stopped going lateral and went in to attack, Dominic was always coming out, getting hit three, four times. And yeah. Like, it, it was kind of amazing to see. And, you know, like, for sure, I, th- I thought Cody's shot was catching him clean early with a, with a hard shot. Exactly. But he just kind of owned him for the most part of that fight. Yeah, man, I was very shocked uh, by this. You know, I agree with you. I thought Cody was going to have to knock him out in order to win. Um, you know, a lot of people, they look at a guy like Demetrius Johnson, uh, you know, how he's dominated his division. Um, I felt the same way about Dominic. You know, I thought that was just his division, man. He was just going to dominate in it. Um, but, you know, went against Cody. There's a lot of trash talk uh, between the two. But, you know, Cody came in there, stepped his game up, and won in great fashion. You know, was not scared of him. Went in there, you know, like you just said, kind of pulled some Anderson Silva antics up in there, and he got the job done. He's a champ. Uh, so just well played out. Hard on him, man. Just staying focused and getting the job done. <clears throat> now, do you think, uh, because after the fight, he called out, um, oh my goodness, okay, TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Uh, do you think Dillashaw should be, uh, fighting him for the belt? Uh, next, or do you think they should possibly do another rematch between the two, between Cody and Dominic, or, or what do you feel? No, I think I think Cody won convincingly enough where an immediate re- rematch shouldn't be on the table. Yeah, I, like I know Dominic Cruz has been a a dominant champion when he's been healthy. Yeah, uh, but I guess technically he's only had the belt for one defense right now. Yeah. So you can't really call for it to be uh not like he, he stepped up to he, he hasn't been defending the title for years, even though he never technically lost his belt. Yeah. He hasn't been just running the division. He was out and sucks to be out for injury, but it happened. He had to relinquish the title. So <laughs> as far as the record books goes, this was his second title reign and he defended it once, but that that resume doesn't show that he deserves to step right back in for a rematch. And 
Dillashaw hasn't lost since he lost to Dominic Cruz, so yeah. I think he's well in line, and <clears throat> it's a storyline that writes itself. Uh, the quote traitor of Team Alpha Male uh, against their new new star. Yeah. So I, I think that <laughs> would be like it, it. It's just got got all kinds of ways you can go yeah. with that, with how you can promote it and hype it. You know, Uriah Faber is going to be there in Cody Garbrandt's corner, and you know him and him and T.J. Dillashaw have been publicly like throwing shots at each other since T.J. left the camp. So uh, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, definitely don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, either way, it's going to be a good matchup, uh, regardless if it's the rematch or uh, against uh, Dillashaw. But yeah. Do understand that, you know, this would be a good way for Dillashaw to get the belt back, man. I think that would be an entertaining fight to see. Um, up next, about to get right to it, man. Ronda Rousey versus Amanda Nunez, man. Wow. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, man? It, it was short. It wasn't really that much to think about, but, you know. Well, I mean, it was like we talked about last <laughs> week. We were just wondering which Rousey would we get back, and... I mean, I'm not saying, like, I'm pretty sure she she did everything she thought she needed to do to prepare to get back in the ring and uh, do some things to try to get back her her belt. Yeah. But it, it, I, I just think she, she went from one extreme to another and it didn't work because, you know, through her, her reigns, you know, Rhonda was in front of any, any camera that she needed to put her in front of and she was the face of the company. She did everything and uber confident. Yeah. Uh, but then after that loss, she basically turned into a hermit. No media, not talking to anybody outside of a couple sparse interviews or a statement through her publicist or something on Twitter every now and then. And, you know, it turned out that wasn't the way for her to go either. And, I mean, I still think also the underlying problem was just she had surpassed her coaches. She yeah. needed to, she she needed to be in a one of the top camps and getting things done that way. Uh, so I mean, if if there's any shot for her, if she does still feel the need to fight or want to fight, I think the only way for her to start making her way back up that mountain is to you know make her way to to Jackson's or uh, over in the camp with. Uh, DC and, and his camp, just yeah. something. He, she she needs to make her way to a big camp and uh, drop her her boxing coach and the people she works with. She she needs to get with a legit camp now. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that because you know she's uh you know she's been winning with them, but you know one of the hardest things and uh, sports to do is you know is kind of get rid of your day ones. You know the people that was with you from the beginning, but. Uh, you know, I was just about to ask you that, man, um, you know, because that was a huge uh, loss for her, you know. Uh, I thought Amanda Nunez was at least going to come up in there, move around a little bit, uh, try to get a feel for uh, feel for uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, since, you know, I thought she would probably have respect for her, you know, feel, okay, not just hop up in here and start swinging at her. But, man, she just came in there, just let's get this money and get this fight over with, man. And, yeah, uh, that's that's not Amanda's. That's not her way. Uh, yeah. She she's she's an aggressor, and she's at her best in the first 
Brown. Uh, I got I made the joke. She's she's a a girl version of, of Vitor kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like it, all it, Brazilians. She, yeah. She, yeah. If she can catch you in that first <laughs> two three minutes, that's that's when you're gonna go down. You have to be able to weather that storm. Yeah. And Ronda wasn't ready for it. Her her boxing's not up to par now with uh with the division. I mean, she she put that division on the map, but uh, it looks like it's it's past her now. Yeah. If she wants to catch back up, she needs to catch up with the times and start reaching out to some elite coaches, elite striking coaches. Uh, get back to working with I don't know some Olympic ju- judokas to keep her game back up on point there to figure out how to how to mesh those two things together, get a good wrestling coach to fuse those things together as well. And, yeah. But like I said, <clears throat> that's a big if. It depends on if she actually still has it in her heart to fight. Uh, I mean, that's the big question right now. We questioned it coming into this fight. How much does she still really want this? Yeah. And I, mean, I can't judge it, especially from a fight that was so short to see if she really wanted it because she, she got stunned early. Uh, like, I mean, people will probably make jokes just how she can't take a punch or something like that now, yeah. but I mean, pre Holly Holm, she, she took some good shots. shots yeah. And, and ate him and still did what she needed to do. But, uh, that was, that was a, a stiff jab on the button. It looked like it clouded her up. Like, she had, she had cobwebs from that point on. Yeah. And they just quickly went downhill, so. I'm not gonna say she went in there not not wanting to fight, not prepared, but she got caught with a shot. Yes, down. You know, she got hit by the hardest puncher probably in that in that division. Yeah. Now you know we're kind of about to play with the you know the whole F game. You know, um, you know she didn't really say uh, anything yet uh, about possible retirement or you know fighting again. Uh, from what I've heard. Uh, what, how do you feel right now? You think, are you feeling, you know, she's going to give it one more go? You think she's going to retire? You know, how do you feel about this? If I had to just throw money on it right now, yeah. in my head, I say she's probably done. Okay. Uh, I would like her to try to step it back in one more time, yeah. like with a good camp, with a good, uh, in a good camp. Yeah. Uh, if if she were to make those steps, I would feel a lot better about uh, a decision for her to try to come back. But if she wants to keep the same crew together and and try to do it one more time, I think she's just setting herself up for another devastating loss. And you know, the next time it's not going to be against an elite fighter. It's not going to be for a title. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna if she gets another fight, it's gonna be all right. Here we'll give you the number five or six person in this division and if she loses that then it has to be game yeah, over. Yes. She's not marketable anymore. <clears throat> yeah. You know, another thing too I was just kind of thinking about, um, you know, because women in MMA, that's kind of relatively new. She you know she did has put that on the map. Uh but, you know, she's not uh obviously you can look at her and tell that she's not um, uh, you know, doing what she used to do. You know, just I'm just kinda interested to see, you know, further on, you know, how father time catches up um, to the women and uh, the UFC. But, you know, we see time and time again, you know, how I can catch up with the men. But, you know, is this truly, you know, is 
because, you know, Ronda Rousey, she's still pretty young, but, you know, does this catch up to the women in a much further, uh, younger time than it does the men? So that just be so- something interesting I would like to see, too. Yeah. Yeah. But um, another question, man, for the UFC, you know, we got JJ uh, Nunez, you know, my girl Cyborg. Uh, you know, even though she's having trouble making weight, um, with some of her fights, who do you think is the baddest chick in MMA? Uh, it's JJ, no, no doubt. JJ, I no mean, doubt. Yeah. I mean, she's just nasty in the ring. I know she's, she's not the biggest girl in the fight, but she, she has probably the cleanest technique. She does the most things well. Uh, I know uh, Cyborg is scary too, but I think uh, she's got a couple too many marks on her record as far as doping. Yeah, uh, she just recently she, she, had, yeah. Yeah, she's so. had another violation. And I don't know, not enough has come out about it. Apparently it might be due to an actual prescription she got from the doctor for for something. Yeah. But, you know, she, she has popped dirty in the past and had to be suspended. Uh, even though this came from a doctor, she may get a suspension reduced or yeah. whatever comes down from it. But, you know, it just adds to a black market that's already been on her. So yeah. uh, I can't I can't say she is, <clears throat> even though she's, I mean, anybody <laughs> at her weight, or the, if she can make the weight to fight, she probably wins. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen anybody that I think could beat her. Uh, and you know, and they're opening up. Finally, they're opening up the division she's meant to be in. Yeah, the UFC. So we'll see what comes from that. Maybe this time next year, I'm changing my tune. Yeah, uh, right now, uh, Joanna, she, she, she's the the woman of the sport right now. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, man. She just goes hard in the ring, man. But you know. Nunez, she keeps it up, you know, she can keep uh, making a name for herself as well. But, you know, JJ, I got to give it to her as well, man. She just keeps going at it, keep finding ways to win. You know, her stand-up is uh, flawless, so got to give it to JJ as well. All right, man, uh, anything uh, you'd like to add to the UFC? That was a good, good card to uh, finish off the year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, my man Ty saw that uh, Rousey fight uh, he had sent us some texts about it, so I uh, gave us a little two cents in it. But um, up next, uh, we're about to get right into the NCAA uh, football. Um, what were you guys' favorite? What would you say your favorite bowl game uh, was so far to watch? I think consensus would lead you one of two ways. You would either say the Rose Bowl, and that's probably what I would lean towards. Uh, High-scoring game came down to the end, or you'd probably lean toward the Orange Bowl, where Florida State held off Michigan's late second half, fourth quarter surge. Uh, I think both of those games had a lot of what you were looking for, uh, a lot of scoring, uh, you know, an intense last five minutes or so in a game. Uh, You know, I think both games were fought very hard. Um, just good college football that comes down to the wire. And I think that those were two New Year's Six games that gave everybody what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most people are probably going to go 
between those two games. The the Rose Bowl was definitely fun. It was you know good old fashioned shootout. Uh, ball getting flung back and forth and a lot of explosive plays. Uh, I I probably lean more towards uh the Orange Bowl myself though because there was actually some semblance of defense played. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like that side of the ball, so yeah, I, I probably yeah. lean that way. And you know, uh, there was drama at the end of that one too. So yeah, um, you know where I would side with you there with that Orange Bowl is the the first half was all about Florida State's defense, and the second half was more Michigan's defense. Yeah, um, you know, and and I think. You know, the Orange Bowl was tainted a little bit. No Jabril Peppers. Um, would have he made a difference? I think he would have made a difference, but I don't know whether you can say Michigan for sure would have won with him in the game. I mean, uh, they he would have definitely helped with some extra coverage in the passing game and definitely stopping Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook roped off a couple of really big, unfortunate plays if you're a Michigan fan. Uh, and then, you know, Jordan Lewis just got beat pretty bad a few times in that game, which wasn't really uh, great to see. I think that game was uh, a, a poor representation of what Michigan's defense had shown a lot this year, but I do think Florida State was uh, one of the more explosive teams that they've seen all year. You know, they, they didn't see anybody like Dalvin Cook all year long. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, Jabril Peppers was the difference between a win or a loss. But the second half, the Michigan defense definitely made some adjustments in that locker room. And uh, they got good pressure on Francois all game long. Uh, he just stepped up and made some some really big throws and some big plays. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, well, you got something to add to that, Darnell? No, I was just going to agree. Oh. Yeah, uh, they, you know, I was surprised at some of the some of the plays that Michigan's defense gave up. Like especially mm-hmm. like you're saying on Jordan Lewis's side down the sideline, eighty-yard yeah. touchdown. Yeah, uh, that's not something you'd expect from him uh, because of how that game turned out. There was a lot of uh, there was some shifting in some people's draft status on that game. I think mm-hmm. uh, Cook might have become the number one running back in the draft, and uh, Jordan Lewis probably dropped from a surefire first rounder to maybe second or third. Yeah. So, uh, or or he he at least has some work to do in the combine if he's going to get himself back up uh, mm-hmm. to where people looked at him projecting. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you uh, brought up Pepper's I forgot to ask you guys. Um, you know, they say it was a hamstring injury. Um, but do you guys think he was really injured, or do you think he was just saving himself up for the draft? I think I think he was actually hurt. Okay. Um, I, I know he's. He's a you know a top competitor. Loves to compete. Will do anything for the team he's on. The only reason I I would uh, I would not say he was saving himself for the drafts because he you you saw him in the warmups. They had video with that. There was tape, and the moment you could tell he couldn't really give it a hundred percent, he uh you know ran a little backdrop and caught a ball and kind of gimped toward the sideline and he just looks he looked real defeated um you could tell on his face that he wanted nothing more than to play but um maybe in the long run it'll benefit him if he decides to go pro that's something michigan fans will definitely have their eye on uh his decision has not been made there have been reports that have said he's gonna go pro 
Uh, he came out on Twitter and said, don't believe anything you hear until you hear it from Michigan or me. So uh, definitely a big decision in his future. But I, I do think he was actually hurt. Okay. I, I do as well. I mean, I joked about it when they said he was out early. Uh, like, I, I think I texted well, you guys saying was strange, yeah. Yeah. strange. Uh, code <laughs> saving myself for the draft. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, you, you could you could tell by talking to him, seeing him, like he was almost crying. Talked about if he would have one more day to heal, he think he could have played. I, I, I take him at his word. I, I think he really wanted to be out there with his with his uh cohorts to try to get that bowl game. I don't believe uh anything he said is to try to quash that he's not going to to the draft, but. I, I do believe he wanted to play in the game. Okay. Yeah, you know, and and I'll touch on kind of the two part of what you said there, Darnell. You know, and you know, even though it was kind of joke like, you know, you saying, um, you know, maybe saving himself for the draft. Like, it's not that far off of off of a thought, only because of what Leonard Fournette and Chris McCaffrey have done. Uh, you know, guys who are at the top of college football sitting out so you know it was definitely fair to at least entertain that thought uh and then secondly uh, i think we do have to at least give jabril the benefit of the doubt that he could return uh only because you know michigan's going to rope in one of the top recruiting classes this year um they'll at least be a top five in my in my opinion uh maybe if they're just outside but they'll be number six but uh yeah, you know, I think there is a chance he comes back, but I would lean that he's going to go pro. If if I had to say one or the other, I would lean he's going to enter the draft. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. Um, just for me to add something else, too, man, I uh, got to give a shout-out to him, but a uh, huge shout-out to Western Michigan uh, in their season. Yeah. Uh, no, they came up short. You know, they didn't get the win. You know, everybody wants to win, but they really don't have anything to be disappointed about with themselves. Uh, you know, a lot of people were questioning them, you know, is this team for real? And they went in there and they hung up, hung in there with a good team. So they, uh, Western Michigan has nothing to be disappointed about at all. So, all right, up next to just the playoffs. Um, just what are you guys' thoughts on the uh, playoffs uh, that for last week? Uh, two duds, kind of. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Alabama-Washington game was, it was at least entertaining for the first half. Yeah. Before the the depth and the size between the teams, you, you could see it start to take effect. Uh, Washington did, they, they put up a good fight, especially defensively. Uh, they... They held Alabama in check for a good while. They they made Jalen Hurts look like a freshman. First game, we could really say that, that he totally looked like a freshman. Uh, I think Alabama tried to get a little too cute on offense at times. Uh, Kiffin was trying to do some stuff that they didn't really need to do. Uh, this, this was a game that was built for a traditional what Nick Saban wants just keep pounding the football into them and at some point they're going to break down as what they went to in the second half and gave Bo Scarborough the ball and you know, 
watched them start to fade quickly. And Alabama's defense, they, they showed what they were outside of that first drive where uh, Washington marched down and scored on a, what was it, a 16-yard throw. Like, outside of that, what, Washington didn't cross midfield again until the fourth quarter, until their last drive. So, you know, uh, you show – basically what we thought the difference between the teams, it, it was there. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, good God. Uh, that was – who did you guys uh, have for your pickums on that game, by the way? I had Ohio I'd, I'd I had fun. Ohio State. Yeah, it was, it was bad, man. And – and, and like funny enough, like I I don't think Ohio State's defense played as bad as the score was, but mm. their offense was so terrible that <laughs> they, the field, they couldn't. The yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're getting yeah. shut out, uh, you know, three and outs, you know, it's, it's going to wear on a, on that defense. Uh, they got to keep continually just going back on the field. So yeah, the offense I mean, should have did cause two turnovers. Yeah, and yeah, early too. Yeah. First half turnovers. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, if you're on the field all day and your offense is giving you no help, it, it makes for a very long day. And you know, if, yeah. if it, you can turn the ball over twice and still not let you score and blow you out of the water like that, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but this one guy—I forgot who it was—but wrote this letter to the Ohio State kicker and basically saying, like, I hope that you're not on scholarship. You're the worst kicker I've ever seen. You shouldn't even be on the team. Oh, Your man. dad's going to go into work all embarrassed because of you. And it's like, hold on a second. Like, that yeah. whole entire Ohio State offense looked yeah. Yeah, not just as like and, and to blame it on the kicker because he missed two kicks, it's like six points doesn't do crap when you're down 31. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna but, say you're blaming a kicker. What, like yeah. JT Bear played terrible. Samuel yeah. had 69 yards, and 64 of them were on one play. Yeah, like come on, like yeah, yeah. you yeah. you can't put it on a kicker when your team gets a goose egg. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it was one thing we talked about last week, and and I said I I thought it would be the difference in the game. You're you're looking at you know a quarterback who really bounced back this year after a bad start. And in Deshaun Watson, and he played better than JT Barrett did. I mean, JT Barrett in big games seemed to fade away, where Deshaun Watson rose up. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So I think the Clemson team was actually, was also just really hungry from last year. They wanted another shot at Alabama, and they knew in order to get it, they had to put it to Ohio State, and they did. Uh, in terms of the Al Alabama-Washington game, kind of like you kind of called it, though, Darnell. Like you, you said, this game parallels the Alabama-Michigan State game from last year. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we got after the first quarter because, I mean, Washington moved the ball in the first quarter. They actually looked like they could hang. The defense was aggressive and tough. And then the other three quarters happened, and everything looked completely different. Uh, mm -hmm. The only thing the Washington defense did really textbook was keep Jalen Hurts very under control and pressured. Yeah, they made uh, him he, throw. He did yeah, he did absolutely nothing. And the game basically rested on the defense in Scarborough. And I'll take that defense over anybody. And Scarborough 
is good enough to move an offense on his own. So Hertz is going to have to step up because I imagine they're going to be in a few more passing downs against Clemson. Yeah. Uh, so you know he's he's going to have to at least make more throws. I, I'm not saying he needs to take control of the game, but he's going to have to find a way. And I don't know if it's going to take more efficient route running, if it's going to take smarter route running, uh, quicker passes. Uh, all I know is he's going to have to complete some passes early, and he's going to have to complete some passes often. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Clemson could potentially sneak away with this one. Yeah, that, that next game is definitely going to be one where they have to script some plays early to get Hurts, maybe do some, some bootlegs to his side, just get get him some easy throws to get confidence early because I, he, he's going to be needed to at least be okay. I'm not saying he has to be great for them to win next game, but he has to be at least serviceable because, I mean, he he was terrible in, in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't have your quarterback play like that against a team that is on your level. Yeah. Uh, which, which, which it looks like Clemson is based on their game, unless Ohio State was some sort of a fluke, which I don't think any of us think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to what you're saying, as far as like, I actually went back and looked at the, uh, the, the box scores just to look at numbers between Alabama, Washington, and Alabama, Michigan State, and it was just. It was crazy how close the numbers matched up, and I mean, even just how the games went. Uh, if you remember, uh, last last drive of the first quarter, Michigan State did drive down, but Connor Cook threw an interception and said it's going to touchdown. Yeah. And mm. like from there, like I said, just just snowballed into just being beaten up, like Alabama does to teams. Yeah. That's just their blueprint. That's what they do. Uh, you, you might be able to get some on them early where they're trying to adjust to your offense, but once they have it, it's going to be a long mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys basically going, um, you know, talk right up into it. Uh, just continue, you know, just, yeah, what are your expectations for this rematch? I think that's really going to depend on what Jalen Hurts can bring. Um, factor. Yeah, this yeah. was, you yeah, know, I was, definitely. I was telling Ty before the show, you know, I like him, you know, I think the guy has the potential, uh, to be an Eisman candidate down the road. Um, but, you know, he's a freshman, you know, how much, you know, pressure, you know, is this guy going to have coming into this title game? Because, you know, this is a huge stage for him, you know, for a freshman. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's gonna, he's going to be the key factor in this game. You know, if, if they're if they don't if they don't have a receiver open, and you know, can he make a play with his feet? You know, if the running game's not working uh, good, you know, what plays is he going to be able to pull through and make uh, to help this Alabama team win? So, you know, I like the guy. You know, dude has great potential, but you know, that's just my huge question for him. You know, is this just too big of a stage for him right now? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, just. They're going to have to build the game plan to make sure they put him in good spots to make plays for him. Um, they're going to have to call their offense in a way to try to put him in third and, third and threes, third and fives versus mm-hmm. third and eights. Uh, 
to where they're stuck depending on him to make a play with his arm. Uh, I do think he's capable of it. He's talented. We've, we've seen enough games to show that he's talented enough to make plays. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he's a young guy. Uh, so, you know, an 18-year-old uh, confidence can change with the win, basically. Yeah. So, and he, he's a pre-poised kid. I've never seen him really show, like, frustration. He didn't even show it in a bad game this weekend, but uh, I definitely think they're going to have to get into the room, watch film, and make sure he's as prepared as possible and call plays to put him in good spots. You can't you can't just throw the game on him and, yeah. and just say, th- throw us to a victory. That's not happening with him, at least not right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they'll do what needs to be done. I think Saban saw what he needs to do, and uh, this is going to be a run-heavy game plan. I'm not sure if it'll be quite as much read option as they they did against Washington. Uh, I, th- I think they did that because that's something that Washington has shown they have issues with. They may go back to being a little bit more traditional against Clemson, uh, except for sets where they do have plan for Hurst to have that option to run. Yeah, and and I think in terms of Clemson, we're going to see a lot of what we saw against Ohio State. Uh, I think we're going to see Watson need to figure out that defense again. Uh, I mean, we kind of saw it last year. You know, Watson, he had a huge second half last year against them in the national championship game. I think we're going to see something quite similar. I think we're going to see him field them out for a couple drives in the first quarter, maybe get a score. Um you know, second quarter you start to see him make a few more plays, and I think in the second half he'll he'll start making some of the passes he needs to make, and they might break a run or two. You know, he may get a receiver on a deep route, and he just scrambles out of the pocket from the pressure and gains 25 yards with his feet. Uh, I think this game is going to be all about Deshaun Watson for Clemson. I think the defense is going to try and take a page out of Washington. This is really um, try and contain him within the pocket and force him to throw, but try and make him throw with a guy in his face. Um, the only thing that they can't let Hurts do is start to get big games with his feet. Uh, and, and, I mean, I think it's going to be the same you know, goal for Alabama. It's just I trust Deshaun Watson's arm more than I trust Jalen Hurts' arm. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin, he's been making news, um, won't be with the team, uh, for the title game. Uh, just how will his absence, um, affect Bama even more? I mean, it'll have an effect. You lose the offensive coordinator that your kids are used to dealing with and being in, in the film room with to help get game plan set. It'll have an effect, but. Uh, Saban did do something mid-season, I, I think, with the expectation that he would have to make this transition. Probably not right this moment, not before the biggest game of the year, but he he brought in a guy that is kind of in the same mindset as far as X's and O's as Lane Kiffin. Yeah. And good job on uh, you calling that out, man. Uh, you called it as soon as it 
basically came out that he got uh, Sarkeesian, so you saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I I just feel like it was it was a smart move. Uh, it was a guy that basically had been thrown on a garbage heap, uh, but it was a chance to at least get him a job while he's trying to get his life straight. Uh, and you know, you have a, a a very good coordinator that it was only a matter of time before some some schools started calling for him to get a head coaching job. So yeah. uh, it, it's it's never good if you have to make a transition between uh, before a game let alone a national championship game but he made the transition as easy as it could be by getting somebody that kiffin was actually a co-coordinator with at one point at usc yeah. all right guys now who do you have winning I really don't like to pick against Alabama, uh, <laughs> but you're about <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, honestly, this is this is one of the bigger toss-ups, and the only reason I say that is because for the first time, people are starting to potentially doubt Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, we didn't really see him make a big play against Washington. So is it going to be another game where their defense just dominates it and the run game can do enough? Or is Jalen Hurts going to turn it over three times? The question starts coming in. Do you replace him? Uh, I don't know. I, I see more question question marks around Alabama, but then you remember that they're Alabama. <laughs> uh, they find a way. They always do. So that makes me stick with them. Uh, is Saban just going to be one of those guys that has Dabo Sweeney's number? That that seems to happen in the coaching world. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Bama here only because um, I really like that defense. They really know what they're doing. I really like Scarborough. I feel like he'll break one if they need it. Um, I think Hertz will figure it out. I think they'll form a plan. Like I said, whether it's more efficient routes or just smarter play calling, smarter routes, uh, I think they'll figure it out. Um, I think Hertz will struggle a little early, but like I said, I just think he'll find it. So I'll, I'll take Alabama here, but I expect it to be just as close as last year, but not as high scoring. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm in a state of mind where basically after both games were played, I was like, ooh, ooh, Alabama, they can lose this game, which I I do feel they can lose this game. Uh, but I I think I've settled down a little bit through the week and have gone back to uh to what what I've been thinking. I mean, Saban's had teams where he had quarterbacks that like weren't dynamic and weren't yeah. expected to have big yards. Be I mean, clock AJ managers, Mc- pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, AJ McCarron's first championship against LSU. I think he was a sophomore in that game. Yeah, and uh, there wasn't any expectation for him to do a ton in that game. The defense and the running game is what what got him there. That's that's Nick Saban's bread and butter. Uh, I think they're gonna probably. I mean, through this week, I bet you they probably looked at every explosive play from Clemson's whole year so he can try to have his defensive back set and 
He's tried to find every hole in Clemson's all line that he can to try to figure out a way to stop Deshaun Watson. And I also have to go back and look. I don't know what the reason for this is, but Clemson's offense hasn't looked like that at all this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if, like, if there's just some kind of matchup deal that Dabo Sweeney found or or just were they really taking the whole year off until they got here and now that they see Alabama ahead of them, now they, they're feeling it. But uh, I'm not sure if we get back-to-back performances like that from Clemson, especially against the best defense in the country. Uh, they're, they're missing some stuff on, in the secondary that showed early against Washington, but they still ended up clamping down and causing turnovers and making big plays. I think they're still capable of that. So I, I do see Alabama winning this. I do see the score getting, you know, in the high 20s, thir- low 30s. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think Alabama gets another close game that they pull off uh, with off the back of that defense and Bo Scarborough. And like I said, I, I think they put Hurts in a couple good situations where he has an easier throw to make and get him some little confidence early so late he's he's at least poised enough to make the the smart plays. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh Bam as well on this one. Uh I just think uh Nick Saban, um, he isn't phased by any of this. Uh you know, if he wins this one, you know, hands down, I do like uh Bear more than Saban, but um either way, you know, if he pulls this off, you know, he's the greatest coach of all time in college football. It's it's cemented. Um but yeah, I think uh, Bama's defense are going to step up. Uh, Scarborough, I do like him. Uh, he's going to think he's going to have a great game uh, running the football. But I called him uh, out last year to have a big game. Uh, OJ, I'm feeling it again uh, this year as well. I think they're going to have some plays with him to kind of help bail uh, Hurst out in situations. So I think he's going to have a pretty good game too. You know, especially with uh, you know they got Ridley as well. So you know they have the pieces. Uh, to help Hurts, um, just what are they going to do to help him uh, move the ball and make sure he doesn't get rattled um, at the biggest stage of them all for him. So, yeah, do got Bama, man. It's going to be another classic uh, like last year, I believe. I just think it's going to be less scoring uh, this time around. I got to say, if, if there's one person Clemson better cover, it's O.J. Howard. <laughs> yeah, I guess they can't let him beat you twice. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm feeling it again, man. I think, you know, I, dude's been quiet. You know, it's time for him to start, uh, you know, getting it in. So I think this might be another big game for him. Shit. All right, guys. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add for NCAA? No. No. Watch the game. Yeah. Can't yeah, wait for it. Sad so. it's almost over. Yep. All right, uh, we're about to move right into the NFL. Uh, we got quite a bit to cover for that. Uh, but first, before we get into it, uh, shout out to Darnell, man. He won our first ever NFL pick-ems. Uh, this was close all the way. All right, Darnell score of 47 out of 84. Tyler had a score out of 44 out of 84, and I had 43 out of 84. So basically still came in within the last week. Anybody had a shot of winning it. So, But Darnell pulled it off, man. Anything to say, champ? Uh, 
Better next luck. Better next luck. Better luck next time, boys. <laughs> wow. I mean, oh. All right, man. Yeah, just That's have to I just pick games now and try to talk. Yeah, man. And uh, for 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 finishing in second, I'll say I hope we all have better percentages next year. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> could have been better in the uh, percentages uh, for that because we we both we all made it all over uh, five hundred at least. So can't complain there. But I was gonna say one more than the lost. Uh, I'm, I'm at least happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, before we get into these wild cards, uh, we're going to make our Super Bowl for predictions. Um, who do you guys have playing in the Super Bowl, and who do you have winning it all? Me, I'll get mine out the way with. Um, I do have a rematch. I have the Giants beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to follow suit with one of those teams and take the Patriots. Um, but out of the NFC, I'm actually going to go with the Packers. All right. Uh, I, I'm going homerific in both <laughs> ways, actually. I'm, I'm going to go with an old-school Super Bowl matchup. I have Dallas over the Steelers. Ooh. Ooh. That would be – that would get some ratings there, man. Yeah. Nobody has the Lions? <laughs> you can only ride the train for so long. <laughs> oh, man. I would have I, I would have actually picked them to advance if they would have uh, beat the Packers and got home field. I would have picked them to beat the Giants, but... Yeah, man. I don't see it happening this way. You know, walking into that hostile arena, I, I don't see it happening in Seattle either. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one for them, you know, but mm -hmm. we'll get into that and um, we'll, we'll get into it right now. Uh, first game, you know, we're about to talk about is um, Detroit versus Seattle. Uh, how are you guys feeling about this game and who do you think will win? I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm actually going to pick Seattle here. Uh, one of the very few times I picked against the Lions this year, but I don't know. Lions are bad on pass defense. Um, don't tend to play well. Well, don't tend to play very well in the hostile environments. Granted, last year they almost won in Seattle, but that was last year. This is this year. Lions don't have a run game, no pass defense. Two pretty vital things if you want to win a football game. So really all they could hope for is Russell Wilson can't complete passes. Thomas Rawls only runs for about two yards a carry and Stafford's on his A game. And that's what it would take. But I think that's just asking for too many things. Yeah. I mean, as, as nice as it's been to see, uh, Zach Zenner, uh, uh yeah. and his, his first half performances, uh, uh, I don't, I don't see much that Detroit has for Seattle. Uh, just they're going to get pressure. They're going to make Stafford uncomfortable. Those that secondary is just too uh, physical, I think. And I, I I just don't see the Lions having enough time, and they don't have the running game to force forcing them to back up some to give Stafford time, so I just think it's going to be a long day for, for Stafford. And, uh, 
a situation where the Lions defense is on the field too long and they just get mm-hmm. tired and get ran over. Mm-hmm. Um, just real quick, uh, Tyler, you said uh, you had a Patriots over Green Bay, right? Uh, yeah, I would. I would okay. take the Patriots over right. Green Bay. Just putting this down. All right. Okay. Up next, um, what about Oakland versus Houston? Well, Oakland, o- Oakland probably is the most unfortunate team in the NFL. They went from the second seed in the AFC to the fifth seed and on a third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing I will say, they drew the best matchup for being on your third string quarterback. You knew. Houston only had a defense, so that was going to be a struggle, really, no matter who you had. And Brock Osweiler's hot garbage. So uh, I, I honestly think that it's the best matchup they could have pulled. Um, the only thing that would have been nicer would have been, I mean, obviously the bye week and a week to get Connor Cook ready. But uh, to be thrown into a game one, I don't think they could have asked for much better. Yeah, but, uh, this is the game yeah. of utility. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, who do you got in the Tigers? Oh, um, and it only because I don't know what the three-headed monster known as the backfield of Oakland is going to do. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go with the home team here. Take Houston. Yeah, it's probably the smarter pick, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna show some school pride on this one. And <laughs> All right, go go with go with the rookie. See, uh, he he steps in and gets himself a a, a playoff win in his first start. Uh, I don't think they try to let him do a lot. Uh, I think they 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 go what I was talking about with Alabama. They they depend on that running game and and hopefully they're. Their uh, front seven steps up like they had been doing late in the year. Uh, they do have some, they, they have some good players on their defense. It's just they have to play like it. Houston has a consistent yeah. defense, but they have no offense in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. uh, like you were saying, Ty, this is probably the best matchup they could ask for for the situation they're in. So, uh, I'm going to take Oakland to eke out a. a a nasty game, uh, pro- probably a lot of work for kickers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Janikowski is a pretty good one to have. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um. Well, anything else to add to this game, guys? Uh, um, watch it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's not. It's not appointment viewing. D- uh, did we? Are we doing a pick here? Uh. Well, do you guys want to? Uh, I can add them. May as well pick the game we picked the other one. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm like I just said, I'm gonna go with Houston here. I just like their defense a little bit more. All right. Um, yeah, you know we we could do that. Uh, we could do the playoffs too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's only four games to pick. All right, we all got Seattle, right? Yeah. Okay. Put this down real quick. Yeah, we do our playoff pick. And 
All right, um, just to make sure, uh, Darnell, you had Oakland, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Tyler, who did you have? Houston. Okay, Houston. I will go with, um, Oakland on this one. Uh, it's going to be an ugly game, but I just think they'll find a way to pull it out. All right, guys, uh, what about Miami versus Pitt? I think this could potentially be a blowout. Um, JJ, really good player, but I, I just don't know that the Dolphins have enough in the passing game to go on the road. Uh, they basically need the home run ball or nothing. Um, so uh, I, I just like the balance that the Steelers have offensively. Uh, Eli Rogers has stepped up and been a nice player for them this year. Uh, the addition of Ladarius Green has been big when he got once he got healthy, and you obviously have Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Roethlisberger's won a few Super Bowls, so he knows what it takes from this position. Uh, the Dolphins are kind of one of the new kids on the block here, so um, I'll take the Steelers here. Uh, potentially really big. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Guess my pick is made on this one from us making two pro <laughs> predictions, of course. But, uh, yeah. yeah, uh, you know, Miami's playing with a backup quarterback. They have very good running back, but I think the Steelers are a little bit too much for them here with all the firepower they have on offense and a defense that's been playing better late. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to pick them, but, um, I'm going to go with the, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Uh, this thing just overall just better talent. And just more composed team. Uh, it's definitely used to winning. So I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh. And then last but not least, um, this is the uh, one I'm really going to be interested in watching. Um, Green Bay versus the Giants. Uh, Y'all already know who I got. So uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Who do you got winning? Yeah, you know, this is, I think, the more intriguing matchup. Wildcard weekend. Um, you know, Packers are hot, Giants are hot. Um, both quarterbacks have at least one Super Bowl. Uh, both experienced teams, experienced rosters. Um, OBJ, this is uncharted territory for him, but I think he'll be fine. I don't think he is anyone you need to worry about. Uh, you know, I think, I think the difference here is going to be Ty Montgomery. Uh, they've really found something with him in the backfield. Uh, the Packers are really rolling uh, when he plays well. So um, I'm going to take the Packers here. Aaron Rodgers is beyond hot right now. Devontae Adams has been a very nice addition for them. Uh, and Jordy Nelson has been Jordy Nelson this year. So I'll take the Packers uh, by a couple scores. Yeah, this is like that that game between two teams that not really anybody wants to play in the NFC. Uh, I mean, out, outside of, uh, the Cowboys consistency, I'll say, uh, these two teams have been the hottest late. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Green Bay basically running the table and the Giants have been very good outside of, uh, flopping their second to last game of the year, uh, against Washington, I believe it was. Uh, but, uh, interesting matchup is hard for me to pick. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but uh, I, th- I think I'm going to roll with the Giants here. Uh, I just think that that pass rush can do enough to bother Aaron Rodgers and and keep him contained to where he's not basically doing what he wants to do like he's done basically the last three weeks uh, and cause enough havoc to keep the keep the game low, the score low enough to where the Giants have a shot to pull off a close one. All right. Um, guys, anything else to add uh, for NFL? Or Go just. Lions. All right. <laughs> Go Lions. Picking against them. But Picking against them, but root for them. That's, that's logic. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how those guys are going to play against that uh, Seattle D. Yeah. So just had to see. Wish them the best of luck, man. Uh, definitely exceeded my expectations for them. All right, guys, that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys, as always, I appreciate you all for tuning into the show. Um, you know, like I was telling the guys before, uh, this Friday would be officially a year since we've been doing this. So we've been getting it in, you know. I think we've improved a lot over the year. Still looking uh, to keep improving, keep going at it. So appreciate you all for sticking with us. Um as always, you can find us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, podcast.com. Just hit us up in the search engine and, uh, we should be available, um, for you guys to see us and listen to us. So as always, I appreciate you guys. Y'all take it easy. Have a good one. And, uh, by the way, uh, if you're in the car, check out my cousin's YouTube channel, um, the black scat pack. But as always, guys, take care. And uh, catch you guys on the next go-round. Peace.